Oh, hello, Ryan. It's Felix. I've appeared on your podcast a couple of times. Um, just two things. One, you said it won't matter because I'm not going to play. Well, 75% against Liechtenstein and one end in the sixth. And two, we oh, did pull down the average of the week. Yeah, <laughs> okay, a little bit. And two, you said that Team England wouldn't progress and Denmark would skate through the group. <laughs> I don't see them anywhere, but what I do see is. Woo! Oh! You, Ryan, uh, have me back on the podcast whenever you want if you want some good entertainment. You're listening to Rocks Across the Pond, the curling podcast that goes around the globe looking for the best stories in the world's coolest sport. We have curling news and views for everyone, whether you're playing in your Thursday league or following your favorite teams on tour. Now here are your hosts, Ryan McGee and our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee and joining me from, I think, in Southampton, England now, or are you still in Scotland? I'm in Edinburgh. All right. Ed- all right. Joining me from Edinburgh, the 2023 European Bees gold medalist and professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, congratulations. Thank you. So Jonathan, our friend, our co-host for these last, what, five years, five plus years, he and his English men's team won the gold medal at the European B Championships. And so you have won promotion for England, not necessarily for yourself. No, for for ourselves, for England. That's true. For the European A's next year. And now everyone... I joked every Tom, Dick, and Harry Pennell will now be entering the uh, the English men's playdowns this spring for the right to represent England in the A's next year. But you guys did it. You were not only won promotion, but you then won one extra game to get yourself a gold medal. Um, tell us about the experience. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, what do you want to know? The whole week's kind of a, a kind blur. of a blur. So maybe like um, <laughs> ask me specific stuff, and that'll help recall. I guess, I mean, tell everybody what your team did to take us into preparation for this event, what your schedule was to try and peak for the European Bs. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was a bit of a challenge because like our team is all over the place. So Joe is down in Lancaster, which is about three hours south of Scotland. Scott is in um, Glasgow uh rob lives in the netherlands and then i was lucky enough to get a fellowship in edinburgh for this semester and kind of part of the appeal of that is it got me a bit more ice time so everyone was kind of practicing solo and um our coach david ramsey who's called rambo um kind of gave us drills the only time that we use his christian name yeah the rest of that would be rambo um, uh, he basically gave us pointers to work on. I think he's like, he's really good at kind of like just boiling it down and saying, work on this, work on that, whatever. Um, 
as a team, we could only really meet three times before Europeans. So we agreed to do a weekend in Kinross, which is in Scotland in September. And we did a training weekend there. And then the Ukrainian national team is based in um, Perthshire, so near Kinross. Uh, and so we managed to arrange a kind of friendly match against them. And so that was the first game we played together. And uh, we played pretty well and we won. So we're like, okay, we got we got something here. And then uh, where did we go first? We went to the Prague Open. And uh, because we're not professional athletes and we all have day jobs, <laughs> both our spiels involved us waking up at about 3.30 in the morning, catching the first flight out of our respective airports meeting in in a random European country and then both times getting our asses kicked in the first games was kind of a scheduled loss. <laughs> um, so yeah, playing on like two or three hours sleep isn't great, but um, so we kind of played those two events and, you know, like qualified both times um, didn't get past the quarters. And I think that was kind of gnawing in the back of our minds. Like, Oh, are we not a good playoff team? Like that was kind of one concern. Um, we each did a couple of like one-on-one -on -one sessions with Rambo. So I kind of, he came down to Edinburgh once and we did, um, just for two hours, it was just like working on my transition phase. So from like the drawback to the, the bottoming out and the slide, just kind of getting that cleaned up. Uh, Joe and I went up to Perth together, uh, and we did like four hours on ice one day with Rambo and it was just like <laughs> slide the laser, slide the broom over and over again. Uh, and I know Scott did a session or two with Rambo too. Rob couldn't, but they did a lot of kind of stuff over Skype or over phone calls. So, um, yeah. And then, yeah, got to Perth and just rolled. So I know, I know Rambo's kind of a, a legend there in Scotland. So is he, is he more of a technical coach for you all or was he, how much did he help with strategy as well? Um, I, I think he's kind of, okay. So I, I would say he's kind of the complete package, like for non Scottish listeners, he's like, he's got a pretty good decorated curling career. So he played in the world juniors. I'll say the late seventies. I don't want to like overage him, but <laughs> it was a while ago and then played in a world championship in the early eighties. Um, he was a vet for a long time, but also worked as a curling coach, I think kind of as a side thing. And then when he stepped back from veterinary medicine, he got a job with British curling and he won a gold medal with the Kyle Smith rink when they won world juniors and has developed a lot of the other top junior teams that have come out of Scotland over the last, I'd say 15, 15 years, say 10, 15 years. So I know he's worked with Cammy Bryce for a while. And uh, people people who are not Scottish probably don't know Cammy Bryce yet, but they're gonna. He's I think he's on the cusp of qualifying. If he hasn't yet qualified for a slam, so he'll be in a slam. He's a uh, he's a bit of a character, fantastic <laughs> curler, uh, and then also worked for a little while with Ross White. Um, he coached the Scottish junior teams and a couple of junior Bs. That's where I got to know him. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he's like a very accomplished coach. I think I, on the technical part, he's really good. And he's, he's non-dogmatic because there's very different delivering philosophies in Scotland and Canada. And uh, so a large part of our team was kind of trying to meld, you know, because Rob's got a pretty, pretty specific way of throwing the stone. I'm, you know, an old dog. So <laughs> it was kind of like partly combining what we did 
that worked for us with like Rambo's methodologies. I think he was very kind of like, you know, that, but also I think he's in some ways also quite clear. He's like, if you want to do well as a team, you all have to be throwing the stone down the same line in a very, very similar way. So the process I'd say over the last year and a half with him has been trying to get everyone throwing as close together as possible, you know, similar line of slide, similar setup, similar release, all that kind of stuff. For a professional curler, like you can just get together and just practice, practice, practice until you have it down for a team that is, you know, you all have day jobs, you all live in different places. It does take, it's a year and a half process, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, um, I have no idea. Like if you're a professional curler, like, even there, I think there's always, you know, I hear grumblings out of the, out of the national curling Academy. I think there's, I think with any team tech technical stuff's always going to be an issue and getting everyone synced up is always going to be an issue just because there's so many different subtleties and delivery out there. But obviously if you're on the ice five days a week with a coach, it get you can get to that point a lot faster than if it's just you're meeting up, you know, once a month or once or twice a month and doing that. So that definitely is a big difference. All right. So you get to European bees and kind of different this year because the bees were held in a different location than the A's. Yeah. So like, what was your experience then? Cause there, what, there's a lot fewer teams there, right? Still 26 teams. So it's still a pretty big event. Um, Perth's, a fantastic rank. It's got a lot of curling history. I, I think I counted like eight banners there. Um, they brought in Eve to throw out the first stone. So kind of the opening ceremony was great. Um, I mean, I think it's a bit of an advantage because that's actually Rambo's home rink. So we had a little bit of, you know, extra intel on ice conditions and how it's likely to change. You know, the, the stones were, we didn't get any extra info on the stones because the WCF had them flip the stones right before the competition. So it wasn't like we could sneak in and test them. So that mm. was like not an advantage, but um, you know, we, we had, I wouldn't say like a massive advantage, but a, the fact we were able to go there beforehand. So I think three of the four of us were familiar with the facility and having someone who knows how the ice changes over time in that facility, I think helps a little bit because the ice definitely did vary a bit. So those are a few advantages. I mean, it's a bit sad because I guess it's the first time in ages that the A and B haven't been together. So I think because of that, the event got a little bit less coverage. We obviously couldn't go watch the A pool games. Uh, we had off time. So that, that was a bit of like a downer for that. But um, in terms of like competing, I think it, it probably worked pretty well for us. So what was some, what's something about the week that would surprise us going through a, a big event like that? I mean, you've been a part of the mix. All right, so you've been a part of the mix. Let's start there. So you, yeah. what's the, what was the difference between this and the mixed? Um, I, I think I like the mixed a lot because it's social. Like you, you mm -hmm. sit down, you drink with your opponents after the game. There's a bit more socializing going on. Um, in a lot of WCF events, there's something called loser's drink. So if you're bounced, uh, <laughs> there's a party. Um, <laughs> we, we, we were, I'm not sure if there were loser drinks or not at... Uh, at the Euro Beats because we didn't lose. So that that was a big different experience for me because like uh, the last world mix, we were out of it pretty quickly. So the, the partying ramped up pretty quickly. Um, but I think in general, it was a bit more serious. Um, and it was kind of a, it's a bit odd because we're not 
the points holder. So what, what I mean by that is most countries, what they're competing for is Olympic qualification points, mm -hmm. right? So it's the first year of the cycle. Um, and so because Scotland is the points holder for British curling, we didn't have any like extra. So the downside is we don't get any funding because of that. Yep. But the upside is we didn't have any extra pressure or apparatus, whereas a lot of the top teams in the B pool, like getting promoted to the A then qualifies you at a minimum for the Olympic qualification mm -hmm. event, if not getting you into the world's faster and getting you points that way. Right. So there were a lot of, you know, a lot of teams brought pretty big name coaches and, uh, um, you know, like Derek Brown was there coaching, um, coaching Estonia, uh, Perry Marshall was there. He's just been hired as the Australian national coach was working with Fiona uh, Simpson, kind of working on the, the Portuguese team. So there were a lot of like big, big coaches. Um, Danny Yench was coaching, um, the Austrian team. Hmm. So you, you could see like a lot of the associations that are kind of on the bubble between BNA really kind of ramping up for the Olympic cycle. So, um, that was kind of interesting. And that's, that's definitely not going on at the world next, right? It's a pretty, pretty light touch when it comes to national association funding, coaching, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause there's no Olympic path for the mixed. There's no Olympic path, right? So yeah, that's a big difference. I'd say. So when did things start to kind of click for y'all? When did you guys realize, okay, we might have something this week? Uh, I, I mean, okay. The turning point for us in the week was actually when we dug ourselves in a big hole. So we, we played Ireland, our second game. I think we kind of like, I want to say we went to the motions. Like we played like a solid first game against Slovakia, but probably not our best game, but like a fine game. And I think that probably had us a little soft. So we went out and played Ireland and probably in the same mindset. And then, you know, we had a pretty shaky, I think it was third end. I can't remember if it's the third end or the fifth end. We had a kind of a soft end, I'd say. Like it wasn't like bad shots, but a lot of half shots. And our stone positioning was atrocious. And then the Irish third cracked a really nice triple. And they're sitting four and they scored four. <laughs> and then we're way down. And it was like, okay. Like, and then at halftime, I remember we call it a Rambo bollocking, like when he <laughs> basically tells us off. And uh he basically was like, look, um, you can you can come back on these guys, but you better start coming to work and you've got to do this. And he basically pointed everyone saying, you got to do that. 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 But you, you've got to do it now. And he also said, you can't start giving games away. He's like, that could affect Hammer and playoffs. You might not get the playoffs. You, you've got to wake up right now. And the second half of the game statistically was our best five ends of curling of the week. I think it was like every end the team averaged over 90 and we just clawed back and clawed back and clawed back. And then that was like, okay, we, A, we know we can play like that. And B, we know if we don't play like that, the other teams are coming for us. So they're going to beat us. Right. So it basically then forced, I don't want to say forced us, but woke us up and said, okay, we got to play like that. And then I think we had a pretty good run I can't remember the exact order, but we had Wales. I think we played a really strong game against Wales, strong game against Ukraine. I think there's a game I'm forgetting in there. And then, you know, and then we'd qualified. And then on, then we kind of got it, came up with Austria. And <laughs> that was like, I mean, I remember Alice, so my partner Alice was up and she was like, yeah, your, your whole team vibes were weird that morning. I, I don't, 
I still don't really know why like, we just sucked basically. Like there's no, yeah, you did. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Right. And it just, at least had, it was something... that game. It, at least it was that game. And then after same thing, Rambo's like, look, like you've lost it. Uh, like you've, you've qualified, but you've got to find it, get it back. Like you've got to get back what you were having. Cause like, if you play like that in the playoffs, it's going to be pretty quick. Right. And we thought by losing that, it probably dropped us to the quarterfinal. And yep. then you're like, okay. Right. So, but at, at least like we had Lichtenstein and they weren't that strong, you know, they got relegated. So Rambles like, but Rambles like, no, you've got to come out. You can't be like thinking, okay, we got Lichtenstein. He's like, if you, if you have a, you need to get your form sorted out now. So it kind of, where Lichtenstein may have been a trap game before the playoffs, getting our butts kicked by Austria kind of forced us to play sharp against Lichtenstein. And then uh, I think that kind of righted the ship for us, basically. And then we got Felix in at halftime. So that was kind of fun for him. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the first of my predictions to be wrong were wrong. I said Felix yeah. would not play, and Felix played. Yeah, yeah. Through two rocks. He threw two rocks, yeah. We probably played too well against Lichtenstein, so he didn't get a long game. <laughs> <laughs> and so that put you, then you um, you wound up finishing first in the pool because Austria lost their last game. They lost to Slovakia, yeah. So, you know, uh, you never know. Like there, I would say the top, the top 10 teams in the B pool are all pretty close. And like anyone in that 10 grouping could beat anyone on any given day, right? So like Ireland um, was in the relegation game and last year they were in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that gives you a sense of how, how finely balanced it is. Maybe one or two teams coming down from A are kind of significantly above and maybe one of the teams coming up from C is a bit weaker, but it's in the middle, it's pretty kind of finely balanced. So, you know, Austria, Austria losing to Slovakia was a slight surprise, but Slovakia had been promoted you know, a few years in the past. So it wasn't like un impossible either. So. So that put you in a situation where you had one game and if you were either going to win the game and win promotion, or you're going to lose the game and be back in the B next year, is that more difficult than maybe if you had had a chance to play in that, that quarterfinal game? Um, I don't think I, I don't think so. I, I we didn't even think about that. Like I think we're like oh, I think for me the bigger thing was hammer. Like I'm like mm -hmm. if you if you win if you're the higher seed you get hammer you get yep. stone choice and we had like Felix shout out to Felix like people like fifths don't do anything that's that's BS like Felix and Rambo went to the rink every night. There was a couple of times where Rambo had, had four games that day, which is just like he's been there from eight a.m. and he's still eleven thirty at night on the ice matching stones. So like. We had mapped every stone set uh, in the pre-comp practice, in pre-game practice, and like we also got you got a pre you got twenty five minutes of like practice on your sheet five six hours before your your playoff game. So we used that too. Like we were like big on stone mapping, and being able to pick our sets of stones was like huge. I think like we by the end of the week, by the time we got to the playoffs, we knew. We knew where the cutters were. We knew where the pigs were. Uh, we knew which stones we wanted Rob to throw, right? Um, so that was a big advantage. And that, to me, was the the biggest advantage, I think. Like, um, And so that was why it was more important. I think playing – had we fallen semifinals, it's like, okay, we got to win two, right? And uh, remember Lisa Farnell said to me, right? So at some point, 
in a competition like this, you just have to win out. Like maybe you're in the tiebreaker and you have to win out, or maybe you're in the quarterfinal and you have to win out, or maybe in the seven you have to win out. But at some point, you have to win out. Like you're not going to avoid that. So if you're afraid of that, okay. you're probably not playing the right competition, right? So you wound up playing France for a spot in the A pool. And what that was a team that you've coached against, right? They've played you, your junior team had played them at B's before, at least the back end. Uh, Killian Godin, uh, Eddie Mercier. I'm not sure about the others. Merard. I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my head. Uh, there was a, there was a gentleman closer to my age as well on the team. So, uh, I'm not sure what his age is. I think when, when we won at the banquet, a lot of people asked me how old I was. Kind of <laughs> so <laughs> he's probably younger than me, but he looked a little older. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, we played them. We played played them a couple of times. It's always been a nip and tuck battle. Like French is a very good technical team. Um, Thierry Henry has played like in a bunch of worlds back in the '90s, so he's like a very accomplished French curler, and he coaches them. So. Yeah, we knew they'd be a good team and we knew they'd be a good game. So, and it was pretty like that game was interesting. I like that game. We always were either tied with hammer or up without. So we always had like a bit of an edge. I don't want to say I was never afraid, but like it was, it was close until we cracked the three bagger. But um, like we always had a bit of it. Like we were always, we always felt like we were a little bit ahead in that game. Right. It wasn't like, um, the gold medal game, which was a bit more of a battle. So yeah. take us through the, the three ender. Oh God, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, that end is like quite blurry. Um, I think, okay. So basically that was an end where we chased around a center guard. So they put a center guard up. We came around, they froze like a, like a kind of a classic setup, you know, like you've seen on, you've seen on the slams all the time, right? Like they freeze, blah, 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 blah. We, they, they didn't quite get great rock placement and we ended up with two stones biting side button with backing. They tried to throw like a little blaster to pop it out. It jammed, didn't quite work. They rolled wide. Then Rob had to draw and it was a measure for the third point, if I recall correctly, but we kind of felt like we, you know. Like it, it was an end where it was battle on the forefoot, but we always had a pretty good setup for us. The angles were always playing to us. So that kind of worked pretty well. Yeah. All right. So take us, take us through the moment that you've won promotion. Um, so it was a bit weird. So basically they did a weird, they, so both Austria and France dropped like, not like dumb strategies. I think they were both kind of canny, but like unconventional strategies. So we're up. We up four, right? It's seven three, I think was the final score. I know we yeah. had to run four rocks down. So yeah, and basically, you left, and you you left your guard light. Uh, no, I was like a biting top twelve. No, 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 no. You're thinking of the no, 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 no. So in that game, I threw through. Okay. Yeah. No, I was a throw through, and then I went top four, come around. Um they threw double center, which was kind of weird. And their first one, so the, the first thing was a bit weird was they threw a center guard, but it was off the center line. I was like, should we play a tick? And then we're like, no, that'll give them two corner guards. 
So then we drew a round. And actually, in retrospect, round was like, you should have just thrown through, which is true. We should have mm. just checked both through. Um, they then threw a long center guard. So, and then what did we do? I think we drew in again. And then it was like blasty, blasty. Like Scott and Joe could just blast. They could both throw like heaters. So it was like, and Joe did a good job clearing some stuff. And uh, Rob had a pretty easy hit for the win. Um, but like they had a stone, they had a stone like just out. Like we had four stones in the, the house and they had a stone just out when they went to, when they're, when they're skipping to throw the first, but they shook, like they had a chance to split it. Like I probably, I thought they were going to try like a triple and stick it and then shake, but, uh, they decided then to shake. So it wasn't like a close, it was like a, you know, it was a, a standard PL them out kind of game. Right. And with five rock, no tick you're still always going to have stones in play. So it was a little, it wasn't really all that cagey, to be honest. It was, you know, you know, we did it. So, yeah. So what did Rob say to you guys after you won? Uh, that game? I don't know. I I mean, that game, I think we went up. I think we, we basically said, I think he said, like, I don't you have to bleep this. Like, holy, we did it, guys, right? I think that was it. <laughs> like, we shook hands, we embraced. <laughs> And then actually, like, the thing that was nice, because it's in Scotland, we had a really large England cheering section behind the glass. So it's like you turned around, it's like all these people are applauding, and there was, like, flags, and it was a bit, like, chaotic. And then the, and the thing that was really funny, okay, here's the funny part. Um, in eight, so I'm a middle-aged man, right? And so my prostate's not that <laughs> starting to go. <laughs> so I was like, and the other thing, one of the things Ramble's been on me all season is drink water, drink water, drink water, right? So... I really had to go to the toilet and Rob's like, I, I was just about to say that. And then, cause they, they would have had the hammer. So it was like, a, there was a two minute grape where I could have gone without like costing us time. I was just about to go and Rob's like, I gotta go pee. Well, obviously the skip's gotta like <laughs> take priority over the lead here. So I, <laughs> so I was like, we win, we celebrate. And then I'm like, I really have to go pee now. So I was like the last one upstairs after we won. It was kind of like, everyone's like, ah, right. So, but I was like the last guy up. So that was kind of funny. Um, and then it was like, you know, shake hands, embrace everybody. I think we had like one beer and then Rambo's like, let's go home and get pizza. Right. Cause he's like, and then it, it, we got pizza, went back and he's like, look, you have a chance that you've won promotion. That's great. You've got a chance to win a gold medal tomorrow. There's not many times in your life. You're going to win a WCF gold medal. You should take this seriously. And like no England team to my knowledge has won a European B division gold medal at the Euros. I think the last time it happened was the junior women won the Euro B back in 2013 and got to go to the the World Junior Championship. But um, when the the Reed team got promotion in 2018, they won silver, and it was like, yeah, you've got a chance to go do this. Don't do it. And I think Rob Rob I think lost three two or three Quebec finals. And he's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to effing silver is what he said. <laughs> so he was like, like he was fired up. You could tell, like, he was like, I, I want this. So we didn't really drink our party that night. We just went to bed and the gold medal games at two. And the other thing that was really weird is I slept really well the night before the semis. Cause people always like, Oh, you have a hard time sleeping for a big game. And then I slept like crap the night before the gold medal game. Not because I was nervous about the gold medal game, but I think like all the nervous energy yep. was kind of coming out after that game. So, but we just kind of said, okay, same routine, 
same. Like we had a really precise, like, here's when we leave, here's when we get to the rink, here's when we eat. So we just did all of that again and kind of went in and played there. Anything special to tell us about the gold? Because it was the second game against uh, Austria. You had a rematch against Austria. Yeah. After they had, after they had annihilated you. Yeah, like in terms of like the, I mean, we we didn't come away from the Austria game like sometimes you get an out and you're like, oh god, that's a team we can never touch. I think we like that game. They, they played well, so I don't want to be like, oh, blah, 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 right? Like I'm like they played very well in that game. We had a very shaky start. And when you get to kind of this level, if you're behind, then you have to take a lot of risks. And if the other team's nailing it, you're toast, right? So like their second in the first game made like a double run triple shot. You know? And it, like, I remember we were chasing, it was like, Joe almost made a triple in park and instead he just got two and it was like, and we rolled out and they got, they drew for two. And it's like, oh, you know, like it's, it's like like the game that game it's like we were behind but then everything wasn't working and so it was just like okay we're, we're gonna park that game so i don't think we we that wasn't really affecting our mentality i think maybe if anything it added a bit of motivation to kind of show what we can play um it was pretty close back and forth uh i think the big moment was seven like we had like as a team we probably had one really shaky end which was seven where we kept slipping behind the t-line behind a corner guard and when I went to the head to hold the broom for Rob, it's like they, they had a possible five bagger on, right? And I remember I was like, oh, this is bad. And then Rob played like a perfect double roll behind the corner guard freeze, which took the big end away. And then um, they made a shot. Rob made his second shot. And we basically, I know that Sean will laugh because he talks about Russ Howard forcing to two. He thinks that's a funny <laughs> expression. But in this case, it was like, like we could have lost the game that end. And then, like, Rob made those two shots to force them to two. Like, we were like, thank God we gave up two. <laughs> and then the next end, we were set up well for a two, but then Rob missed his first. And he, he just kind of got, like, he rarely gets mad when he misses. And he came down. He's like, I've got to stop effing not throwing right. <laughs> and he said that. I was like, okay. And then, like, we got the one. He drew for his one. And then, like, his last four shots were, like, like he gets into – you mode right he just got into you mode in the next end and we got a, a really good steal like he made a really nice hit really perfect draw austrian skip like we were hit we were sitting buried uh biting top button austrian skip basically tried to draw side button didn't have it and then uh the last end we had like the, a good setup and um basically Basically, we got the center guard. It wasn't quite a center guard. We got we went we opted to go in, so it was like top twelve, top four. Austria tried corner guards. They didn't really get much going. We would hit. And you were up one without, right? We were up one without, and then when I came down, it was like center guard for us. One top four, one back four. They played. They tried to play a freeze. Rob came around and tap froze. Basically, so the our two stones were like perfectly parallel back button, and we were sitting on top. It flopped in such a way that it was kind of this crazy roundhouse triple. Like, you know, like the boom, 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 mm -hmm. where they kick back up. They tried that and they just missed it. Rob threw the guard. Uh, and then the, I mean, the really funny part was they were running low on time and the Austrian skip put his broom down fairly tight to the stone. Because we thought we thought his last shot would be like a run slash pick. Like basically run, try to pick ours off and he would he'd be biting back button to 
to tie the game. So we, we were pretty happy with leaving him that. Uh, and he didn't call that. He just put his broom aside and he was trying this tap to win the game, which I don't think was there, to be honest. But I remember Rob going like, what the f- is happening? Like, and I was like, <laughs> why? And then he's like, what's he calling? And he, and then he kind of, he got paranoid. Rob got paranoid. And I got paranoid. Like, had we missed something? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And then like, he just, the guy threw it so quickly. And all of a sudden like, oh, he won. Right? <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> so it was like this weird. And then it got very surreal. Cause it's like, we won shaking hands. Like we embrace and then everyone's cheering. And then the, the officials are like, oh, you're like slow. So get, get in line. Like the, the closing ceremony is right now. So I think you're like, running. oh, jeez, Like right away from lunch. And I was like, what's going on? Like, no, you're not in order. And I'm like, well, what's the order? And they're like, yelling at us. And Rambo, <laughs> and no one could find. And Rambo was nowhere. So like running, like Felix was running around trying to find Rambo for the closing ceremony. So then we got piped out. Yeah, the whole and that whole thing was just like a total dream sequence. Like we got piped out, uh, we got our medals, we got our you know cheese, uh, and then we were on the ice for like a half hour of like photos, just like like, like but for the official WCF, but then all our friend, friends and family mm-hmm. coming down. So yeah, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. And then okay. it was like okay, the banquet's in forty five minutes, and our cabin <laughs> was like fifteen minutes away. So I was like, get in the car, and I I hadn't I. Just I hadn't ironed my shirt before I left, and I was like, "Oh crap, I gotta iron my shirt." <laughs> I'm like frantically ironing my shirt. I got to put it off all week. So, um, like, yeah, it was just like kind of madness from that point on, right? And then the banquet was just a lot of drinks being passed around, and uh, I don't know what we ended up in a nightclub. <laughs> anyway, wearing a gold medal, which I don't advise because some random woman was trying to snatch it off me. And I was like, "Actually, this this kind of mattered." Like she thought it was a joke, and I was like, "No, this." Matters. So don't wear your nightclub. Don't wear your medal to a nightclub is my no, uh, don't. Is pro tip. If it's an important oh medal. Anyway, you dorks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was it. That was the whole experience. It's pretty cool. Amazing, man. So yeah. now what is, what is next for team Richless? Um, how do you come down off that and now get ready for, I mean, you have a couple of months, but how do you come down off that and then ramp back up for the English men's? I mean, to do all that work to win a gold medal and get England promoted to A, and then to let it slip away and go to another team, I think would be like, I'd make all of us mad. So I think that's like motivation, right? Like it'd be stupid to... It'd be stupid to slack off now. Let's put it that way. And I, I think like that, that's not like dissing any of the teams in England. Like I think there's no. several in there that you're going to play some good teams. Yeah, yeah. That are now, so they yeah. have the motivation of we yeah. get to play in the A next. Exactly. Year. You know, and and Reedy's done it in the past, so he's going to be mm-hmm. dangerous. Like we know that. We know. We know it's not a sure thing. So, um, that's the motivation. So I, I think like you don't work that hard for something and then be, Oh, okay. We'll just slack off for four months. Right. So we'll, we'll keep grinding. Um, What's your schedule? Playing, uh, well, our only event as a team is the Perth masters. Like we, we were kind of vassal, like basically we, the, the other one we played in last year, which we really love is Belgium, but like financially we just can't keep, um, playing. Like we're not funded. So <laughs> we can't afford to keep on spilling internationally every weekend. Right. Um, so if anyone wants to sponsor team Wretchless, yeah, please we, we email rocks across the pond yes. at gmail.com. Yeah. We need sponsors. Um, for sure. Uh, so, but Perth masters we've gotten into, which is like a top flight spear. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's definitely one that I've heard of. 
Yeah. So, and we're excited about that, right? Like that, that'll be teams like in the A pool. So we, we've got to start testing ourselves at that level. We get five good games there in the pool play, you know, and we'll see what happens with that. So that, that, that'll definitely, you know, I think part of our strategy of playing in events that have B plus caliber teams, I think played off here. So we were comfortable playing the top of the B kind of maybe lower end of the A. And obviously if we want to go to the A's, we probably have to start seeking out chances to play against like the top, top A teams, right? Uh, and that may, I mean, obviously will probably be harder to win for sure, but um, like at least getting that experience and getting sharper doing that um, matters, I'd say. All right, so we have, we've had Rob on the show before. We've had Felix on the show before. We had obviously your, our co-host um we haven't had scott just tell and we've had joe on the show just tell everyone who might be listening to this for the first time just tell them about the the team england because what you've got three of the (laughs) five three of the five of you are english right i don't know scott uh well what do you mean by english so like (laughs) like front like original so like england i I even at this point i consider you english you've been there like 10 years yeah, I've been, so a I've I'm, I grew up in Canada. My dad was English. I've had British citizenship since birth, uh, but I think some of I think most English curlers would still consider me a Canadian shifty interloper. You are well, yeah. you're very shifty. Well, I'm shifty. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so Joe and Felix, um, they were on your junior team that you coached for several years. Like I've been coaching them since they were 13, right? So like nine years now, <laughs> they're 22, which I mean, that in itself has just been a weird trip. So, and then to, to win a gold medal with them was like wild. So, um, feel it. So Joe, I mean, so basically you, you want like how this specific team came together or, uh, maybe not, maybe, maybe that, but mostly like about you all, like who okay. are you people? So I mean, okay, let me, I'll tell the story of how the team came together and that'll like, like probably tell you who everyone is. Right. So base, so basically, uh, in March of 2022, the rink that I curled at Fenton's rink was closing. And at the same time, the men's team that I'd played on for six years was breaking up. And I was like, I don't like, I remember like thinking, I was like, and I remember like the, the day the rink closed, I was like, I can't stay here cause I'm going to cry. I like thought like I was just done. I literally felt like competitive curling was done for me or like, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And, you know, I, I left. So the funny thing is I left the rink and then Joe and Felix and the junior team all met at the rink and I'd left maybe 15 minutes earlier. And apparently they had a similar meeting where like Felix, like I'm going to Australia. Archer's like, I'm not going to curl anymore. I got to focus on my work. Uh, and so Joe was kind of the same boat. <laughs> I didn't know that. And maybe like six weeks later, Joe texted me and he's like, do you want to curl with me next year? And I was like, why aren't you playing with whatever? And he's like, uh, no. So I gave him a call and he's like, well, Harry and I still want to keep curling and we need a team for men's. And I was like, all right. I, so I was like, all right, I think I'll just, I could Furby it. I would basically, the strategy was <laughs> I'd like throw third, skip, help Joe kind of get into the men's game, help Harry get into the men's game. And that was kind of the scope of it. And before the pandemic, I'd played for a season with Rob because we'd found out he was eligible for England. So he played on that team for a season. But then the pandemic hit, he couldn't play. 
et cetera, et cetera. And then I don't know where Rob texted me and he's like, I'm moving to the Netherlands. I need a curling team. <laughs> so I was like, well, I've got three quarters of a team. It seems pretty good if you're interested. And, you know, he said, well, let me think about it. Uh, but it sounds pretty appealing. And he called me back like two days later and said, yeah, okay, let's do this. So we, we hooked up a call. Um, so Rob's originally from Quebec. So he's a Quebecer like Quebecois like me. Uh, he grew up in the townships and then he went to Queens for university and then kind of curled competitively in Ontario for 15, 16 years before playing, playing down in England. Uh, and then, so the juniors I coached with, that was the team initially. And after we won England, we kind of started laying out a plan to be a bit more aggressive, like in terms of the fields we played, the events we played. And Harry had just graduated university, didn't really have a job. And he basically texted us out of the blue and he said, look, I don't want to be the obstacle to this, but I don't think I can commit to that schedule. And so he decided to step back. Um, so we were scrambling for a fourth and we, we kind of had, we kind of, we actually had multiple calls. Like the one thing I'll say about our team is we're extremely thorough. So like Rambo, all of us, like multiple calls, just kind of thinking through the options, coming up with a list. And the, basically we kept coming back to Scott, who was the second on um, the Wollstone team. Uh, and we just like, we need, like basically we're like, okay, what do we need personality wise, skill set wise? And we kind of felt he checked a lot of boxes. Um, and so we kind of approached him and he got back and said, yeah, that'd be interesting to me. So we added him and then we're like, okay, what are we going to do for a fifth? And Rob was like, well, get Felix. Cause Felix is like great personality, knows the game really well, superb support person. And we can drop him in a game if we need him. Right. And, uh, so that's kind of how this team came together. And I think it wasn't just focusing on the skill sets. Like the biggest thing for us is how are the personalities going to match? mesh right like that was a lot of the thought process and i've got to say that like the team dynamic was just on point all week and by the end we, we started calling scott the joe whisperer because joe's joe's a really talented curler really smart but he can get a little jumpy out there and sometimes i'll say settle down joe and he'll be i'm not don't tell me to <laughs> tell me <laughs> off i've been around him too long but scott just knew how to like keep Joe calm. He'd kind of tell me when I was like spacing out or not doing what I had to do. Like, but he's not like, a, he's not like an a-hole about it. He's like super, like, just like, he just knew exactly how to put it and knew how to talk to everyone, you know? And so, yeah, I think that was a big, big difference is getting the whole team dynamic really tight. So. All right. Uh, what else have you got? I don't know. What do you want to know? What do you want to know about? So is that, is that, is that, would you say that's a pretty similar story to most of the B pool? In terms of what? Just how teams are formed. Um, the B pool is all over the map. Like I, I okay. I also, I know I'm like a, all right. Even though we're going to the A's or even though England's going to the A's, like as Rob said to me multiple times, our team is proudly B like we're not <laughs> like we're not funded. We have jobs, we have lives, we've got like other pressing concerns uh, and we want to try to play as hard as we can, but you know, there's other things going on in our lives that don't enable us to get to like a, a level. So um, like we're proudly be, and I'd say that like, I think there's a lot of fantastic stories and teams in the B pool, right? Like the Ukrainian team, like yeah. they live in Scotland and they, they're like, Edward to me was like, Eduardo was like, I like, we can't afford to go to Spiels. Like we, you know, like the, the, one of the women on the, um, 
Ukrainian team because Ukrainian women weren't in the B pool. Like we, we went to a restaurant, she saw our hardline hoodies and she's like, what country are you with? For the curling, right? And we're like England, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm Ukraine. So like, they're like, they're trying to piece together their lives, right? Um, so you got stories like that. I think uh, you got like, I don't know, like I really, I'm really partial to the Latvian team, Martin's, Martin Struxen's, like they're, they're grinders. Like, you know, they've, they've got to go back and win the Latvian national championship mm-hmm. and they go out and play on tour, mostly in the 100 and 200 level events in the WCT around Europe, but they really work hard at it. I think Estonia is kind of similar. Like, I think they're all like similar. They're like good curlers from the countries have day jobs, probably have to go back and win a national championship. Um, and they don't really have funding. Right. So that's kind of most of the teams there. I'd say a few have a bit of money coming in for the Olympic cycle. Like, so maybe they can hire a coach. Maybe that helps them pay for a few more events, but I don't think you have like fully funded curling's your full-time job kind of teams in the bees. All right. Well, Jonathan, it was a trip watching all of that unfold we had a we had a very lively whatsapp group going on while you guys were playing um a lot of a lot of trash talking to felix but thanks to felix for keeping us all updated on how you guys were going um good luck to you guys in the english men's i know we'll talk to you before then we'll hopefully do some like normal episodes but this was fun to sit and talk to you and get the get the download after, after a successful trip to the European bees. I couldn't be prouder of you guys. Oh, thanks a lot, man. All right. And so watch out for the next time you hear from us, we will probably be on some video feed with uh, me, Scott and Sean from the game of stones podcast, getting together to drink some terrible beers to salute Jonathan and the rest of team Wretchless. So be on the lookout for that.